Episode 18 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam, he's Peter, you're you, we're still here. It's episode 18. What do you want from me? I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Anywho. Uh, on a special birthday after Sam's birthday recording. Yeah. We're drinking right. a fun My time, birthday. hilarious beer called Big Head. Yeah. So we're drinking a pretty interesting beer this time around. Um, I have drunk this before because my my sister brings it to a lot of things. Um, but it's like specifically brewed in Burley, the Gold Coast. It's a place called the Burley Brewing Company. And uh, its big claim to fame is that it has zero carbs. 100% zero carbs. Um, which is, I mean, it's questionable whether it can even be called beer at this point. But it tastes like beer. It sure does taste like beer. Bo- Cheers, we- Sam. Yeah, we both had a... Little taste test beforehand, and it tastes like beer. Funnily mm. enough, yeah. So like the yeah, interesting thing about this: no carbs. Australia's first no carb beer. Yeah, it has a weird freaky baby on the on the bottle. Always appreciated. I've just realised that my bottle is like not entirely symmetrical. Like <laughs> like like oh like, god, it isn't. Like it, it leans <laughs> off to one side <laughs> for some reason. It's because it's which has really thrown me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really craft. It's really craft. These these beer bottles were like made from blown glass. Yeah, or just two halves of different beer, other beer bottles. I think that it's is, like that is the weirdest thing. It's ever. like two bottles have been joined together. Is yours like that as well? Yeah, maybe it's like that by design. I don't know. There's a weird design because if they're both like that, I mean, it's weird in general. So also, I don't know, maybe someone in the comments who knows more about beer can let us know about this, but does salt replace carbs in some weird, crazy beer brewing way? Because this beer is like, if you look at the back of it, it's got nothing in it. It's got no fat in it, it's got no protein in it, it's got no energy, it's got 0% carbs, but it's got like 23 milligrams of salt. So yeah. Yeah, so there's a fair amount of salt in it, which I think I can taste maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I get salty hints. <laughs> notes, notes of the sea. Is it possible that the sea air could have an effect like that? I don't know. Maybe. I guess we'll never know. This is it's one of those mysteries of the universe. <laughs> Definitely someone could know. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not like when email we email will never know. email. Remain a mystery. Yeah. Anyway, um, on to the homework movie for this week, I think. Yeah, homework movie for this week is a... Fantastic film, yeah. which I'd forgotten how good it was. Um, Hot I, Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, which I only recently watched for the first time. Yeah. Pete saw it, you've seen it. Like I, I saw it years and years and years ago, like around when it first came out. Yeah. And I don't think I quite appreciated how good it is at the time. Well, I've got... Um, I, I, I've seen the other two movies in the Cornetto trilogy, the Edgar Wright movies. Um, Shaun of the Dead and... Um, the Alien one. Uh, uh, the... The end of the world, this is the, the world's end. end. No, no, the world's end. No, this is the end. Is the other? This is the end. Was like the other Seth Rogen movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. it came out at the same time. Um, and I was expecting one of those. This this movie, like they're all obviously ridiculous, but this one is 
the most serious out is of it? the three, I would say. Maybe. Like I don't know. There was the world's end the world's end is pretty There was definitely some straight serious. up uh action scenes in this movie. Yeah. You know? And I really like very much by design. Yeah, they were really fun. And before right. before we get into that though, let's let's have a brief you can describe this movie in about 10 right, seconds. So Hot, Hot Fires is part of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, directed by Edgar Wright and starring Nick, Nick Frost, Frost and Simon Pegg. Um, really funny guys. Um, basically, the conceit of this movie is Simon Pegg plays like a hot shot super cop, basically, like top of the academy. Really has, anal. Yeah, has, has arrest records like 300% better than the next best person in yep. the London force. Um, and because he's making everybody else look bad, he gets sent out to the country. Typical Midsummer Murders country, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and that's basic. That's basically yeah, all yeah. you really need to know. It just kind of tells that There's story. There's a conspiracy going on. There's a bit of a conspiracy town. going on. Yeah. Um, Which and is since correct. you since you've um, watched the movie because it's the homework movie, Damn we'll go straight into spoiling stuff now. So there's your there's your spoiler warning. Yeah. How good is it? I, I love... How good is the the bloody... Right at the end, the shootout scene with all the old people. Yeah, how he rides in, like, so he rides in on a horse for no reason. He rides in on a horse, has, like, a backpack full of guns. And he's shoot out the place. So I, I got a, like, a unique uh, perspective on this movie because I had just finished reading Nick Frost's autobiography. And um, although... It, it, the book is about his earlier life before um, anything ha- good and happy happened to him, basically. <laughs> uh, he does, like, mention this briefly. He mentions how he met Edgar Wright and how he met Simon Pegg, and they were best friends for, for a while. Yeah. Um, and what I found really interesting is, like, it, it was just so cool to see him in that movie because, uh, he, you know, they didn't start with that movie. They started with a little TV show and went on from there. What was the TV show? I'm really kicking myself that I don't remember the name of it. Um, it was like one of those... One of those British sitcom... British sitcom uh, shows. It ran for well, a little bit. With the bit. power of the internet and editing, we can look this up because this is something... We In no time about. at all. Starwipe. Oh, oh, we're back. Uh, uh, Space, of course, is the name of the TV show, Peter. Yep, and if you explain... <laughs> If you explain it, it ruins the magic of the editing, yeah. Sam. But that's fine. We went yeah. to an alternate dimension to pluck out the name of the TV show, and now we're back. It was pretty crazy. Um, you know, so he started off with that TV show, and um, it, you know he deserves it all, but it's really... Nick Frost basically wandered on that set. I mean, essentially. he's He had no training whatsoever. Mm. He, school of Hard Knocks training, pretty much it. I mean, literally, he, he just he just... Um, drank a lot, did a lot of drugs, worked as a chef, was a funny guy, um, and had about some bad circumstances to start off with. But like that was pretty much it. And he became really good friends with Simon Pegg, like they just clicked. Simon Pegg got him to do a few stand up gigs, but not but they didn't go that well and he ended up not liking it. Right? Yeah. Simon Pegg, on the other hand, was in university, you know, was in the the theatre company there and then did stand up and just you know he, that, he was like the, yeah, that the, Stephen the Fry actory yeah trajectory one of them. yeah and uh, so when Simon Pegg was trying to do this TV show uh, called Space they were like we have this character he's perfect for you you should just come on um, and in those days you needed like a little um, 
it was like like seek or like linkedin for actors kind of thing so they could just do like if you applied you they would google you and then you would you would see your history and stuff yeah and it turned out that there was another guy called nick frost who was an actor and they mistook <laughs> then when they searched him they mistook him for this guy and this is just how he got on. So he got on to the first day and he just had had absolutely first time he'd ever acted. <laughs> just, just got on there and was just completely silly. Yeah. Um, and some, you know, somehow he's ended up here. And this movie is born from... Um, so the, the, all the polish and the way that this movie is constructed is all Edgar Wright. And he's, yeah. amazing. he's amazing. I'll talk about him in a second. But, like, the actual premise and some of the stuff that happens is just him and Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg would go to the pub a lot. Yeah. And just, like, have crazy discussions. They're both, like, into Star Wars and Robocop and all those, like, uh, The Predator, especially. Yeah. Just all those action movies. So, they talk about what they would do and they would be in this little English pub. So, they're talking about, like, the shootout they would have and, like, what what they want to do and walking out, like, clocking down on a horse and all that sort of stuff. And that's and they get to do that's some of that, that in this that's movie. A, yeah that's why and, this and one of the really cool things about Shaun of the Dead is they have a, like a great zombie shootout scene in a pub yeah and they they that's, again they were just like talking about like what you, would you do in a zombie apocalypse and one of them said I go to the pub <laughs> you know and that's how that movie get gets started yeah and I think that's one of the great things about the Cornetto trilogy is that it, it is so quintessentially English yeah yeah that's true I really like it. I think you actually get something from this. From the, if it's if you watch Midsummer Murders, I don't know if you've seen Midsummer or, Murders, Pete, but yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've seen. Midsummer he's got like a little shy, and everybody's got their sneaky little agendas. Yeah, oh, love it. There are so many murders in that. <laughs> it's <laughs> in, amazing in that small English county. Anyone left? The amount of people that die is just mind-boggling. Yeah. One of my favourite things about Midsummer Murders is it's it's been going on for years and at some point the main actor who played Inspector Barnaby Yeah um He retired. He, he retired. He gets replaced by his cousin. And he gets replaced by his cousin. Yeah. And the episode where he gets replaced by his cousin, who is also called D- Detective Inspector. Barnaby. Yeah. Um uh they make a joke about say saying like, Oh, now that I've retired, do you think all these Midsummer people will stop killing each other? <laughs> No, 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 they certainly would not. I actually really enjoy the new Barnaby. I know this is a big tangent now, but I want to get this out there. My little spiel on with some about it. It's, oh, I really love that show. And there's some, like, they managed to make the episodes actually kind of uh, new and fresh a lot of the time. Like, the, the premises, like, the little stories they have going on, some of them are really cool. And then some of them are really dark. A few of them are actually quite creepy. Yeah. Um, there's this... I remember this episode way earlier on when I was, like, in, still in school. I mean, some matters was, like, going on one of the first couple of seasons. And they did this messed up episode where they're in a... Uh, they go to this little town. And out there in, like, these English towns, like, they... they like, the the uh, king system, like, may as well still be happening. Because, like, there's, like, this estate with just, like... Uh, you know, this is a really rich family who owns an estate, and half of the village works at the estate, and like that, that they all this power. And the whole show was like the whole the whole episode was so creepy. There was this, there was two awful family relationships going on. So like the actual murderers turned out to be this like 
um, so the, the the two children who lived at the estate who were like neglected by their parents and had gone all Lannister and were sleeping together and it was like really creepy. And then they were being spied on, like the whole town was being spied on by this blackmailing troop, which was even creepier of this like mum and son. The son was like an undertaker and he was really creepy. And the, the mum was like this elderly lady who was like, um, you know, Professor Umbridge from yeah. Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah. She was like so sickly sweet. She would invite people over for, for cake. And she'd like sit, you know, fat sitting there in a chair and she'd be like, oh, I hear you've also been sleeping with this person. Give us money. <laughs> and then when they would leave, the son would, you guess it, make out with the old gross lady because oh, dear. that was also going on. It was incredibly creepy. That is, that is unsettling. Yeah. But, but, but a tangent. But, but <laughs> nonetheless a tangent. A wild tangent. And, and having, having lived in the UK, one of the things... I, it, it, this movie so quintessentially captures the feeling of um, living out in one of those English villages. Yeah, where you have the you have the village green, and you you go to the local pub, and it's all like five hundred years old, and all all wooden everything, and you have the big handles to pull the beer. And underneath the green is a secret village, gypsy village that's been buried. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot of skeletons um, in it. Along with uh, man, uh, the human statue and <laughs> um, underage kids who are getting yeah. pissed at the pub. But the thing is, like, I think that also captures kind of a more ser- a serious thing about living out in those country places. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in, con- like, country England. Yeah. Where, like, if you um, are the kind of person that the town likes then going there can be a great experience. You know, you know everyone, you can join all these clubs. But if you're not part of their norm, it can yeah, be so it's, claustrophobic. It's very, very clicky. Yeah. Those old country towns. It can be so claustrophobic and, and I think it's aggressive. Like that, I think it's like that anywhere that's not in the city. Yeah. Because everybody knows each other's business. And it's like that story we keep coming back to. And you know what? I'm pretty, like, I was horrible feeling that, even though, I, like, since I bring up the story so much, it t- it'll turn out to be some fake internet story. But I remember at one point there was a a bunch of TV shows did a, did, a, did, a, did a, like episodes on it. It was one of those like gruesome murders, and then everyone did a, their version of it. NCS did their version of it. Bones or whatever. Um, where it was like this this study basically in that mentality. It was in the suburbs, not mm. not the country in the US. And I thought of this when watching this movie because this movie turns out it's all about the fact that the village, the only reason, like he's trying to see some complex plot, but the only reason these people are getting killed is because they didn't, because yeah. they, they wanted to win the village. <laughs> the village of the year award. Award, yeah. So they just started <laughs> brutally killing people. Yeah. Um, but so these guys were like um, nicest suburb. They were up for some sort of award or they were in yeah. featured in some magazine or whatever. Yeah, it was like the, I don't know, some some country association, Village of oh, the Year yeah. Award. No, but these guys in America. Oh, right. And um, they, like, there was going to be, like, a shot taken of the suburb. Right. Of, like, their cul-de-sac. And there was one guy on the block who mowed his lawn on the diagonal. Like, as opposed to everyone else. And, like, four different people from the, from the suburbs. It, it was, it was, like... I, I, I complicated because they all gave each other alibis. Right. Um, they all murdered him. 
Because he wrote his little diagonal. He wrote his little on the diagonal, yeah. Just, just nuts. Yeah. People are crazy, Sam. Just crazy. People I, are crazy. I think, it kind of, I think it's more like people adapt, you know? And some people say that's usually a good thing, but like, if you're just in that little microcosm, yeah, like priorities shift so quickly and, and, and it might feel like that is an end of the world type uh, like priority, like yeah. getting that yeah. that like, photo. Like, like it might suddenly be that Gloria's petunias being better than yours yeah. is like a life or death. Means you have to put that bitch on ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and her petunias. <laughs> yeah, if it's talked about enough and everybody values it, you know. We do it all the time when I'm like, I like wake up my whole house at like one o'clock in the morning because we're on the, a good trials ticket, you know. <laughs> Just yelling and screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, yeah. did you say that? Yeah, exactly. That will kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we've gone on a lot of tangents while talking about this movie, but to be perfectly honest with you, the, there's not a whole lot wrong with it. No. And it, 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 like, uh, one of the... It has a relatively simple plot hmm. on the face of it, but it is just executed so well. And it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And so I just, I really can't talk about it too much because there it is. It's really funny. Um, it's got great, I can't explain it's got great it, characters. Can't explain their jokes properly, so you should just see the movie, guys. Yeah, just just go and see the movie. Edgar Wright's directing style, just the way that he oh, conveys this, yeah. um, the passage of time. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Um, like there's like, when when uh, some Peg is traveling from London to the country. Yeah, and that's one of the do, iconic things about his directing style. Yeah, he doesn't do this big. Uh, it doesn't take up a lot of time or anything showing Simon Pegg travel, but he's really great at showing j- the passage of time and also how far away the From village London is, how, like, showing how isolated it is. Yeah. Where he's like catching multiple trains with his potted Yeah, it potted has like shots of Simon Pegg like sitting on the train, really loud train going past. Yeah. Shows him waiting at stations and in between all these shots, it shows him looking at his phone and just the number of bars going down. Yeah, and the time. And the time. So you get to see both like that. It's just really quick cutting to... Over the to course of like a minute, yeah. it, it very quickly and efficiently betrays this um, this movement and passage of time in a very, very effective way. Yeah. And he's got a lot of weird things going on that just adds that Edgar Wright feel like... Very um, kinetic, choppy yeah. cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of like... Um, they like grabs your attention, you know, like uh, uh, makes you feel a lot more like you're a person looking in, you know, how when sometimes you notice something, you know, you yeah. just like um, narrow in on that something. Yeah. Like, like when they're pouring beer, it has like an overhead shot of the beer glass just the beer, being yeah. filled. And then the next shot is the glass is empty. Really tight. Just like, yeah, just on that beer. Yeah. And like when someone pick notices something, it's just on that. Mm. Like, uh, you know, Shaun of the Dead, they had that running gag where it's like, you've got red on you. Yeah. And it's like always just like zoom, like zooms in on that, cut to a tight shot of that, cut back out. Um, it's really good. It's really effective. And if you've seen the man bowl, it's incredible. He's the most polite guy in the world, and it extends to his bowling. I saw him bowl in a celebrity bowling, like ten pin bowl tournament. Yeah, and they never bowl before because they're English, right? <laughs> and they're bowling against Chris Hardwick's team. Chris Hardwick, his father was like a uh, pro bowler. And, like, he's just smashing it. And then they ended up getting, like, destroyed by about 100 pins by these British guys. What? In the end, yeah. Because, and they've never, like, bowled. There's, um, 
There's Simon Pegg. Turns out Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did used to bowl. Uh, but uh, Edgar Wright never bowled before, and he bowls in a suit with <laughs> one hand in his pocket. <laughs> so he's just like, and he just kneels down and just like politely asks the pins to fall. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And they've got another. Like, and then we've got one of the guys from the Sex Pistols, also with them for some reason. And he's this huge guy who's now getting pretty overweight. And he picks up the ball and he just tosses it at the pins. Like this is a loud smash because he like he's so big. Like he's like one. He's one hand like. The overhand kind of like diagonal hand, you know, just like windmills his arm, <laughs> and he turns around. He's like, "Is that a strike? <laughs> I got, I got a strike. Oh, I get to bowl again." <laughs> <coughs> so you know, wonderful guy, Edgar right? Bowls yeah. like a gentleman, <laughs> makes films like a badass. Yeah, I, there's not much I have more to say about him. No, it's definitely see um, Hot Fuzz. It is a great, hilarious film. Good time, happy film. Yeah, good time, happy film. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll move on from that. Um, and we're still we're still continuing from last episode. Oh, crazy! Everything's mangled up, order kind of thing. All over the place. Yeah. Keep our sanity. You don't know what could happen next. <laughs> um, well, what, what is going to happen next? I'm going to talk about Rusty Lake Hotel, which is a video game. Uh, it's on Steam. It's like I can't exactly remember the price, which I know is bad. But it's 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 like two dollars, like three three dollars or something. Yeah, three dollars. Um, and it's highly, it's a, I'd highly recommend getting it. So I, I stumbled across this on Steam because I was looking for more games to play. Um, because you know every every week I'm being like, well, I'm playing Pokemon Go and I'm playing Destiny. Um, so I played this game. It takes I'm not gonna say it's an exact estimate of time because it's a puzzle game, so you could get hung up on it. Takes anywhere from between an hour and a half to like six hours, I reckon, depending on how good you are. And um, so to try and explain this game, it's really going to help if you've seen any of the Jägermeister advertisements with those anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, the ones on Facebook. Yeah, where it's like human, they're like human body, pretty much. They're like Bojack Horseman characters. Exactly, they're like Bojack Horseman. So a human yeah. body with like the animal skin, though. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and then just big animal head. Yeah. Um, so it's set in that world. It's it's like a little two D point and click puzzle solving adventure game. Yeah. Um, and it's set. You, you you play the caretaker, new caretaker of the Rusty Lake Hotel, which is this hotel in the middle of this lake that turns blood red every time. Every time it's nighttime. Oh, good. And they're renowned for like the, the actual owner of the hotel, who's this owl guy. He's really creepy. He um. He's renowned for holding these dinners where like really rich guests can pay to be there and they're, they're supposed to be fantastic and delicious, right? And like the game starts with these group of people, these new guests being like boated across and there's like the ma- magnificent Mr. Rabbit who's like this rabbit man he, who's like a magician. Like a, does he have like a monocle and uh I don't know if he oh, has he's a magician. Monocle, but he has a, yeah, he has a top hat and everything. Yeah. Um, and there's like, is there like know, a, Mr. Deer is there who's like, like a, a scientist and there's like Mrs. Rabbit. I mean, it's like Mrs. Oh, shit. I forgot. Is there like an adventurer type who wears like car, uh, No, and, no. There's and like, a monocle and a big white moustache. The scientist, the deer is kind of adventurer I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, and there's some other guys. Uh, I can't remember how many there are. It's like six. And the guests, the guests arrive and they go up to their doors and they like specifically show you where they are staying. Yeah. 
And then you're just there in the foyer with this bat who's a butt is like a bellboy, and Mr. Toad is in the back, and this crow who's like the guy who takes everyone's coats. Yeah. Um, and you just have to start clicking around. The game is no help for you, and you really have to like it's a game where you break out the notepad, right? Yeah. Like, and just start trying to work this shit out. Um, I've just discovered it's also on iOS. It is, yeah. So I started clicking around, and you basically just have to click around in the foyer until you find the first ingredient for that night. The, the toad's like, hey, man, I need you to get, bring me ingredients so I can cook for them. Um, and so I found rosemary first. So up pops a little menu, and the recipe for the first dish, which involves rosemary, right? Um, and it's a venison stew. And I'm like, right. okay. So I go around trying to find all these different ingredients. I find a few, and I'm like, I'm stumped. Uh, and then I sort of have that slow, horrible realization like, ah, Mr. Deer is in room five. He's venison. <laughs> so I go up and yes, indeed, you go into his room and he, Mr. Deer asks for a Bloody Mary. And I'm going to spoil the puzzles, but like, uh, and you get this list of ingredients for a Bloody Mary and you basically walk around his home, his, 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 sorry, his room and use all his chemistry sets and stuff. And it's all a bunch of math puzzles, especially in his room. So this will infuriate some people. I really yeah. like it. You know, there's like one where I always talk about the one where he's got three different beakers and you need water to do all your refining and stuff because, you know, spoilers, you're going to murder the deer, right? <laughs> and you need to put pour a poison in his drink. So you go through this big list of stuff to get this poison you have to refine in his chemistry set, which needs water. You go to his thing and there's, in his cabinet, um, there's three different beakers One's level 10, one's level 7, and one's level 5. And the 5 and the 7, you fill to the top. And when you click, when you try and pour one of these beakers into another beaker, it pours all of it or as much as it can before it fills up. And there's a little chalk drawing on the empty 10 that reads 8. So you have to somehow, right, get 8 liters exactly in that big beaker. Then you can take the water. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Like a fractions puzzle, basically. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed it. And yeah, you kill Mr. Deer and you feed him to the other guests and they're all like, Oh, this is lovely. And essentially you just do that each night. And you until feed the guests until to each there's other. one left. Until there's none left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the game just abruptly ends. I, I will put that out there for you guys. It's one of those games where it's like an indie developer and it just, there's no ending. It just says to be continued, shows you some silhouettes of some more guests. So I will read you just the description from iTunes here of yep. the Rusty Lake Hotel. Welcome our guests to the Rusty Lake Hotel and make sure they will have a pleasant stay. There will be five dinners this week. Make sure every dinner is worth dying for. Chuckle, chuckle. But yeah, guys, it's worth like two or three dollars on Steam. You can get it on your phone. It's really good. It's just, it's such a weird, fun, macabre experience cool looking art style yeah yeah kind of freaky so i played that yeah it's a little little short one but i totally recommend getting it definitely worth it so speaking of anthropomorphic animals season three of bojack horseman seamless it's like we planned it um yeah season three of bojack horseman came out i think it was last week by the time this comes out, it like will have been out for maybe two weeks, I think. Okay. Um, so I've talked at length about Bojack Horseman yeah, on this show. In, in a much earlier episode. Yeah, in a much earlier episode. Which you should watch in, in entirety after watching this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you go into this episode late, you should definitely go back and, and find that one to get my full thoughts. 
But, um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make everybody aware of that. Yeah. I also want to, I have watched the entirety of it and I will say it's, um, I don't think it's as good as season two because it plot, it, it, um, covers a lot of similar ground to what season two covers, Okay. but it's still very much worth watching. Um, it's still one of the best. I think it is. It is cemented itself as one of the best shows on television at the moment. Yeah. Um, and any time you should mention it, you should also mention that the first season is. The first season's a bit difficult, like a bit of a slog to get through, but yeah. it finds its way towards the last few episodes. I must admit, and that season two is amazing. I must admit, I I, I haven't gotten through season one, um, so I, I got stuck. Yeah, that, that's that's the that's the somewhat annoying part of it. Is the first six episodes I don't think are very good. It's just kind of pretty average. I think the most annoying part of it for me, the reason I stopped is because like there are other shows like Community. Um, well, what was the, what's the really big one? It was just Rick the and Morty? first season was terrible. Parks what? and Rec. Yes. Yes. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Um, where like, you know, you just didn't watch the first season at all. Yeah. Just because it, it, the first season of Parks and Rec, I think is only like six episodes yeah. or something. And it completely, the tone changes after the first season i loved parks and rec got really into it never watched the first season yeah and probably which never i think will. is the best move the issue from what it seems from what you told me with bojack horseman is that you kind of have to watch the first season like that's yeah. what you told me yeah i think the thing is though like six episodes it's like two hours they're 20 they're only 20 minute episodes so it's not that much of an investment to get through yeah i think really but, um, so basically, I should just suck it up. Basically, you should just suck it up. <laughs> is what we're get, saying. Get through it and get to season two because season two is some really um, like emotional depth okay. that you just don't find in other shows. And season three is more of the same. There is a fantastic episode in season three where Bojack Horseman has to go to... Um, he has to basically go into the ocean. Um, <laughs> in general? To, to, for a premiere of his... Um, for like a film festival, which is in... I think it's called Pacific Ocean City. So he has to go there and... Um, Pacific... Is it actually in the ocean? Yeah. So, so it's, it's all like... It's all anthropomorphic fish. Okay. You know, the whole thing about the show is yeah, it's all yeah. anthropomorphic animals and stuff as well. Yeah. And so there's there's fish as well. Um, they just not come up on there. And there is a fantastic episode, which is up there as one of the best episodes in the whole... In the show, um, which is almost entirely silent because he's underwater, so he can't speak. Right. He's, he's underwater with like a... Um, like a big... Bubble helmet on, yeah. Um, and it's and it's told entirely, almost entirely through like blurbles and and by animation and um and set the tone by the music and okay. it's a really good episode. Um, so yeah, didn't think season three was as good as season two, but still very much worth watching. And if you like BoJack Horseman, you'll you will enjoy it. And it's it's a Netflix thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. so it's all out at the same time. Yep. Okay, so you can binge watch that one. Yeah, which makes it makes me kind of disappointed that um, I'm not going to get like I'm not going to get another season till yeah because they've already renewed it for a fourth. That's the season. curse of Netflix. Show, yeah, you know it's like oh yeah, it sure is. God, I would want some Daredevil. There's uh, Daredevil everywhere. <laughs> oh, there's no Daredevil anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've waited so long and then just over the course of a day just sit down and watch the entire thing. yeah because of course you can't pace yourself. Just, no, you just can't do no, it. No, it's just not possible. Yeah. Um, only 12, 20 minutes episodes is just disappointing. And it's the thing, especially if the episodes are short, 
Like, you don't save time because you end up... It's just easier to binge watch somehow. Yeah. Um, even though you still spend, you know, your whole day watching it. Yeah, like, a couple of couple of weeks ago, I watched the entirety of season two of Rick and Morty again because... God, that's a good that's show. That's nice and quick. It's a great show. Oh, fantastic show. Yeah. Anyway, um, another Netflix show which you have recently watched, which is... It is criminal that you haven't watched up until this point. Criminal. Is Arrested Development. Um, which yeah. Which is one yeah. of the greatest comedies so I, of all time. I picked up Re- Arrested Development pretty quickly. Uh, pretty re- uh, recently and pretty quickly. And, uh, there's always money in the banana stand, Sam. There's always money in the banana stand. Just to sum up Arrested Development, if you haven't watched it, um, it's a show about a wealthy family who loses everything and the one son who has to keep them all together. As, as, <laughs> uh, hey. that is funny because that's what the, the like opening credits, the narrator, is, the narrator, that's one of my favorite, that. that's one of my favorite things about the show <laughs> is that it has a narrator, a separate narrator who in some episodes, like it's an episode of season three where, um, they make a bunch of jokes about themselves because yeah, there's an episode where, um, there's a show made about them. Yeah. With like poor versions of themselves and a narrator, and like the other narrator points out like how the they did a terrible job narrating the the show and like how it ruined everything. Yeah, he was just talking about how good he would have ba- he, he would have uh, made it. There's also some great self referential jokes that they have in season three about them being cancelled. Oh yeah, like it, and then talking about development like, is like one of those cult comedies that was criminally it's like one of those shows that was criminally had really really low ratings and stuff at the time and got cancelled prematurely and is and is one of those like cult comedies which is yeah and netflix as, as one of the best if not the best comedy sitcom of all time yeah and you know and you said it was a netflix show but it wasn't and then netflix it, picked it up yeah years and they, years later they re- revived it and it was one of their first original programming things was the for season four yeah. season four of arrest development which, i haven't seen that because i i heard it was i i'd seen people reviewing it as bad but i um, don't think it is bad you don't think it's like bad? i think it um it, it's it's a very different tone it, not a very different tone it's it's a bit different to the structure of um, seasons one to three of Arrested Development because they had to work around everybody's schedules from the show. Like all of those actors have now gone on to do bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily better, but they've gone. All of those actors are hardworking and in a million projects all at once. So getting them all together for um, this Netflix show, which it's at tough. the time, at the time when they would have been filming it, I don't think they would have had any original programming from Netflix. And getting Portia back again, Peter. So we were talking about the show, and Peter, I had no idea who the sister was yeah. until Peter's like, "Oh no, she, she's Portia de Rossi. She's Portia, like she's married to Ellen. She's that Portia." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like these these people went on to do heaps of stuff. Jason Bateman is in like every shitty comedy these days. <laughs> Will Arnett's in a million TV shows. Michael Sarah's been in lots of movies. Horrible Bosses? That wasn't bad. Yeah, that was good. But he's in other shit comedies. Like Horrible Bosses too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've never seen. And I'm quite thankful for that. (laughs) I'm totally comfortable with that. Yeah. But he's in in like all of those comedies with like Jason Sudeikis and 
like all of those sort of ground, oh, yeah. like Jason Sudeikis and oh, um, no. and Zach Galifianakis, all, all those, those sort of caliber, and and Melissa McCarthy, all those sort of caliber of comedies, all those movies that are trying to be, um, Paul Rudd. Those movies are Paul Rudd's in them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to recreate that. God, um, I love Paul Rudd. On but, a side note, <laughs> <laughs> he's a dreamboat. Ant-Man um, for life. But anyway, Arrested Development. Yeah. What um, What is your Arrested Development ex- like experience? Experience. Like? So because I remember you sort of watched the first couple of episodes and you weren't massively sold on it, and I had to really give you the hard sell. Yeah, to I, watch so it. I did because you told me it was going to be really good, and the last time you had spoken, like I, I, it was the same sort of feeling as when you told me to watch Community, which I had never seen. Or say um, Parks and Rec, which I had never seen, and I loved Parks and Rec, and I loved Community. Yeah, like I loved Community even up to when it died, uh, which a lot of people didn't. Yeah, I I thought the last two seasons of Community were really good. It was just the fourth season, which was yeah, um, subpar. So yeah, it didn't do the same thing for me with this show. I really enjoyed it, and it definitely got better for me. Um, and like I don't know. I, it just has Will, so many great so, running jokes. So I actually don't... For me, it was like a little bit different. I think it's because um, the characters that I like, their stories don't really pick up for a little bit. So, Which were the characters you like? Well, for starters, you, you, you sold this to me hard with Bill Arnett as like, you know, his magician, yeah. as Joe being ridiculous. And you know what? I don't think I laugh that much at Joe. I think I he's probably um, the character that I'm... I'm not very interested in at all. I'm like least interested in. Which I know you're gonna be like, really? what? <laughs> oh my god, he is the best. But Where he he like <laughs> runs around in a Segway and he breaks into a pre- like. See, he's just so he's just too just like ridiculous. <laughs> I love George Senior. I love George Senior and Oscar, his his twin hippie brother, and and Lucille and like their relationship. You know, he's like she's like oh, Oscar doesn't have anything. Just just some weed. <laughs> A, ba- a banged up car and the hair, that beautiful hair. <laughs> it's just, I love, I love George Senior. When he just, becomes a guru, he, oh, self help guru in prison, it's just incredible. I, I, yeah, he's he's great. And when he's living in their attic, yeah. he's just going mad. And he's like his friends with like these dolls, and he's wearing all of Michael's. Uh, Dead wife's maternity clothes. <laughs> it's just, oh yeah. And so, Kitty, his secretary. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That's the problem with reviewing one of these shows. It's a lot of like, if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you have no idea. And you just—it's just, us mentioning like, oh, and that thing, and we just laugh it, and get no idea. Like The Simpsons is just got so many hilarious moments which you can call back to. Yeah. And so many like in jokes and recurring themes and stuff yeah, so i would 110 percent recommend this show like and it's got yeah, and it's clearly it's got things like for, infinitely rewatchable as well oh yeah and clearly it's got things with different people yeah because i uh, i didn't like joe cast. but i love george blue what did you think about tobias so much tobias, tobias is like okay <laughs> he's just it's so like, ridiculous see for me it was all coming back to george this is the, feather bottom <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, Mrs. Doubtfire thing at the time. But my favourite part with with, with with Tobias is when he joins, he tries, he, he's like an understudy for the Blue Man group. <laughs> so he's always, so, so he he's always to, blued up. He had to, he, he blew himself. Yeah. And the one time he actually gets called up by the Blue Man group, he turns up and George Senior is dressed in blue, looking scared. He's And he is running from the law, painted as a blue man. He steals... Tobias's job <laughs> and it all comes back to George that was my funniest moment just to see that actor <laughs> he's like blued up and <laughs> looking ferrety I, uh, oh, if, if, if you've never seen the show it's probably going to sound like absolute madness all the garbage that we're just spewing but it is it is just oh nice. yeah I would definitely recommend it yeah. and it's it's scary how quickly you can get through the show too like you can just keep rewatching episodes yeah I've watched the full series twice now I think and just one off episodes yeah Every now and then. Arrested it's the... all on Netflix. Yeah. I think season four, while it's a very different tone, um, well, not, uh, I said it before, but anyway, I think season four is worth watching if you're a fan of the show. Yeah. Um, the quality isn't as high, but you still do get a bunch of all these cool character moments and just some of the ridiculous situations that they think up for the reboot oh, is, okay. is great. So and, it's still and worth that, watching. And there, there has been talks recently that there is going to be another season or there's going to be a movie. There's for years and years they and years. Movie. There's always been talk of a new season or that's the a, same rest of movie. Like, but I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen relatively soon. That there'll be more um, Arrested Development on Netflix. So okay, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's 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 that bit for Arrested Development. Um, we're going to move on to um, Suicide Squad, which we did watch. Yeah, um, movie, and, we, and we have big, to the big hit movie that's just come out. Yeah, and we saw it, and it was crap. So I want I want to preface this because we went and saw Suicide Squad on my birthday yesterday, and um, I'm going to put it out that first of all I was in the hype train, um, and to explain why, uh, something an alternative I would suggest to watching Suicide Squad is to watch the Suicide Squad DC animated movie. Um, which came out a few years ago and it is really good. And you know what the really annoying part is? It would be so easily translatable into, um, into a movie Mm. and they took none of the aspects from it, you know, and it was really good. And it was exactly the the whole idea behind Suicide Squad. Let's, Um, let's get it. Let's, before we start really getting into the nitty gritty, let's explain the premise. Okay, of so the, the movie. Pre- yeah, well, the premise of Suicide Squad. Um, this is from, D- those this I was is- about to say actually. From a writing perspective, Suicide Squad is all about DC, um, the creators of Superman, getting shit all the time for being Boy Scouts, being the less interesting, you know, brother to Marvel because they can't have any depth because all the characters are too nice. Um, you know, have that pushback in Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad, it's based in Arkham. Um, and Amanda Waller, who's just sort of like shady, she's like the main shady government lady in DC. She she just pops up everywhere. Um, she's kind of a bad lady, and uh, she's kind of like an evil Nick Fury. Yes, and she uh gets this task task force, which is meant to do small government um, oriented tasks, like not saving Black the world stuff, but, that but like superheroes can't do. Yeah, not sa- not like saving the world. But like proper government assets, so like going in, murdering a bunch of people in like uh somewhere in the Middle East to get 
plans or to stop a terrorist attack or yeah, something. Yeah, it's basically they put together a superhero team full of supervillains. They're like CIA. And for, like put like a yeah, exploding so they... chip in their neck to force them to go on these missions and do some good, basically. Yeah, they got a little explosive charge in their neck and it gets blown if they get caught or uh, or deviate from the plan. So yeah. they basically... They're basically black, black mouth. And they all, like, harvest them from, from Bell Reeve and places like that. Um, and it's got Harley Quinn in it. Yeah, so... He's a very different character. The, current, the character. current lineup is, in the movie, is Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, he's Killer fit. Croc. He's lovely. I love Killer Croc. Though. Killer Croc, Katana, and um, the Enchantress. The Enchantress and... Uh, a guy in so the, Someone, he's based and, on a DC and villain. Slipknot. He's based in no, he's based in a, in DC. It's a different sort of character. But in the movie, he's got a guy called El Diablo, and he's like oh, and El Diablo. He's Mexican. He's he an actual character in DC. Yeah, but he's in the movie. He's kind of different. Oh, really? Yeah, but in both, he's like a pirate, pirate kinetic, right? Gangster dude. Yeah. Um, and then you know they're all pulled out to. But the thing is, in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, that, it, that's the premise. Fair enough. We've explained the premise. Yeah. So, yeah, we went, went and, and to go see Suicide Squad, and I was really looking forward to it because I'd seen this animated movie. Um, and and I was looking forward to it because it kind of looked like a bit... the All the advertising leading up to it made it seem like a bit more light-hearted but also pretty different take on the superhero genre. It was all these villains coming together... Um, you expected them to, expected a much sort of darker movie and there you expected them to do evil, evil stuff yeah Jared Leto was a joker and we heard tales you know all, uh, leading up to this about of, him like, getting into character crazy sending like, dead rats and used condoms to like members of the cast you know like being being not so so I was I was interested to see that um, and they were selling it like it was what the comics are and what this animated movie was which is like exactly what we we said smaller thing much darker it's 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 that vehicle that allows dc to do all those those things they can kill off teammates in a second they've got the collar thing for that and they're villains anyway um and uh, they can have them kill people yeah kind of what i expected going in was it would be it would be something just a bit different yeah and it ended up being just exactly boring, conventional same. comic book story yeah and uh, so some faux humor that was that landed flat a lot of the time. Some licensed music that was it was trying to mimic In, how immense, fucking awesome the Guardians of the Galaxy immense was. Immense overuse of licensed music. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic licensed music. These guys picked it from the same basic era of music. Yeah. Um, and then they just started and, throwing it in there for for whatever reason. And you know what? They cut the songs together as well. It was like, oh, this this. Yeah, this, in like the first track, 10, minute, 10 minutes of the movie, there's about three different licensed songs that just don't go to get... Like it yeah. wasn't cohesive in the way that it really needed to the, be. The reason there was, you know, licensed music that was well-received in Guardians of the Galaxy is what it was in, integral to the movie. Yeah. You know, the, it was a character's motivation. Was, the movie was written with individual songs in mind. Yeah. Like, the director wrote each scene with an, with a song... In mind for it. And you know what he was allowed to do? It was... His, uh, I can't remember. James Gunn? Yeah, James Gunn. James Gunn was allowed to do is that he had a vision for the movie. And he was allowed to stick to it. he was allowed it. to do it. And 
Um, from what I've been hearing about DC, this is exactly what happened with it. So, yeah. DC- like they, they had a serious. They had this this movie. It was bubbling away. Jared Leto was a Joker. There was going to be it was going to be directing it. Be exactly what the movies were going to be. Funny, bit lighthearted, bit darker, bit of a different take on the superhero genre, and kind of making fun of the superhero genre. Yeah. And then. And then Batman versus Superman tanks so badly. Garbage movie, don't see. They're like, oh, it. our. Se- was we tried crap. to make this movie. It, we tried to make it super serious, um, and it just totally tanked. Why don't we just make Suicide Squad super serious? Well, no, I think Suicide I like- Squad was meant to be a bit more serious, and they needed it to be like a big action, fun blockbuster right. movie. So, um, they like re-edited it and did a bunch of reshoots to. Mess to massively change the tone and shock horror, it yeah. screwed it up and it was ended up being a crap. Movie. Yeah, I definitely so I went, yeah, we went and saw, I went and saw this with Pete and a friend of ours, and both of you guys came out of it with pretty, pretty much just negative stuff. Yeah, like, you really disliked it. Um, and I there were bits of the movie that I really that I did like, I laughed in parts. And what really it felt like to me is a movie that had been recut because the parts that I laughed at, there are a few jokes that were exactly what I was expecting. It felt like a movie, like a Frankenstein movie, where there were scenes that were funny to the point of like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy kind of funny, right? Like there was a bit where like the guys like behold the face of God and like, you know, they pull out Amanda Waller on an iPad that that was a point where we all laughed, but then nobody else in the cinema. Yeah, well, exactly. And we laughed. But I, the reason I was laughing at that is because it was such a fucking terrible, like tropey. Yeah, but, like, but the way he, obvious, but the way joke. they did it was they were making fun of that. You're like for that scene, it's totally yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, and like the other, like they hadn't managed to take out some elements of the story that were clearly from the old version, like the fact that. Like, no one, this is not, no one's there. Like, what what they ended up doing was exactly this. Superhero movie, they made every, they gave everybody these stupid motivations that were Yeah, they, very made, they made this story about villains, in like, made them into superheroes, basically. Right. Very campy, heroic, superhero kind yeah. of story. But they really tried like, to play up the human element, which, it was, which just didn't work. Yeah. What this movie should have been, and what it entirely wasn't, was a movie about bad people doing bad shit for bad reasons. Yeah. Like, and that might not have sold to a mainstream audience, but it would have been a far better film. The precedent had been set. Why did, like, what I was thinking was this is going to be DC's Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool worked. It worked on a huge scale. Yeah, because it was just able to be, although it told a very generic story, like, this could have got away with it if it was, like, dark and violent. And yeah, it exactly. wasn't trying to exactly. go for a PG. If the main villain was about halfway through a speech about conquering the world and Deadshot was shot her in the head. Yeah. Because he's a bad guy. It would have sold everything. There's a lot of stuff that bad guys could do in superhero plots to, to just solve everything really easily. And one of them would be like, oh, we could just shoot him with the kryptonite thing. Or, oh, we could just shoot that person in the head. Or, um, you know, how, how many times have uh, directors... Writers use like the whole like oh he's got a hostage he's got Lois Lane hostage, or whatever I can't stop him yeah as an excuse you know and just you know villain Suicide Squad member comes in kills the hostage and the other guy and it's like all right time to go home <laughs> um, and I was I was I was waiting to see that 
Um, but yeah, what I was saying is like there, there were yeah there were moments that there felt was like they were really... from a different movie. Like there was yeah. there was there... nothing really shocking, which I feel like this movie needed. with with like Jared Leto as the Joker needed something like really yeah. dark and shocking. Yeah, and I think they could have easily done that because the Harlequin story with the Joker and the comics and everything is really yeah dark. Like, like, like totally what... dominated and 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 tortured and like manipulated. And what was really frustrating for me is that in Suicide Squad, it's it's the chance... In the comics, it's a chance for Harley to actually become an interesting character. Like, the reason that a lot of people like her now, including me, is that she becomes fully independent from the Joker. She, like, breaks her his hold over her, and she starts doing you know, a bunch of good stuff. She gets saved by Batman a few times. She had this weird thing where, like... Uh, she realises that that, you know, Batman saved her and Joker would never have done it and she sort of, you know, becomes a more developed person. And the Harley Quinn in this, in this movie was just, you know, just doing whatever the Joker said. I really time. just liked how much they sexualised it, like overly sexualised yeah. the character. And you know what, you can sexualise Harley Quinn but there's got to be that trade-off because you've got to show her, use her sexuality the way that she is supposed to and, and like draw a guy in and kill them like it's it. She's meant to use that as a as a tech, like a a tool. Yeah, and she really doesn't right. use that as a tool, to be honest. No, it's just a lot of shots of like her. There are so many just shots of Margot Robbie's ass. That's true. Yeah, and or a lot. that was just a bit like j- just to show in trailers, basically. Yeah, um, and you know what? Maybe don't make your villains like blob people so that Harley Quinn. Can, yeah, like, it became like them. a zombie fight movie. Can like so Harley Quinn can distract them and annoy them or seduce them or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was just... There was missing. Um, there was some... Yeah, there were some cool, cool cool scenes that I thought were from a, from a good version of this movie that just doesn't exist. Like, um, how in the end of it, like, what all the villains ask for and get. Like, the, what this end movie ended up being is, like, it ended on this stupid, like, it, superhero uh, over the course of slow and stuff. Over the course of one evening together, the, this group of misfits managed to become a family and, and group together as a team and yeah. do team building exercises and sing Kumbaya <laughs> in, the, in the fields of flowers and yeah. all that bullshit. But, and at the end they get, because they saved the day from the big villains, um, they, yeah, they're going to get sent back to jail and they're like, no, we want to get something out of this. Yeah, but this is the good bit. So like the, the slow-mo ending, terrible. But the whole idea that they, that, that Killer Croc did all this for a BLT and a TV in his room. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and you see him eating a BLT. <laughs> and, and Harley Quinn did it for an espresso, espresso machine. machine and, it, and she's like making espressos and stuff. That's great. I love that. Like, that that kind of stuff is good, but it was just, it just came so much out of nowhere. And yeah. just the overall tone of the movie was so inconsistent that Which I, is what like happens that when stuff you try didn't work when you try for me. And come in there as an executive and, and rewrite the movie. Yeah, that, that's and force reshoots. That's what's and, always happened. And re-edits. And I stuff. just can't see what DC is thinking. Yeah. You know, especially since they had this flop with Batman vs Superman, How can they not... and they made this movie. They clearly tried to re-edit I know this movie to make it more like Batman vs Superman kind of thing, where it's like this big thing on the line, and there's slow, there's slow motion shots of Killer Croc throwing a bomb for some god awful reason, like. Yeah, it's just got. S- it yeah. The amount of like, 
talent that must be at those studios that is just not allowed to have the creative freedom that it really so needs. Like the and and the just the the greed of the DC bigwigs to instantly get to the same point where Marvel is in their oh, yeah. cinematic universe. Like and they, and, it's, and, and it's just so just clearly cha- that. chasing chasing the success of the Christopher Nolan Batman films as well. It's so clearly like, trans it's just so transparently trying to artificially create the success this, that, that Marvel and, has. And had. create this cinematic universe They're like that Marvel has. Two steps behind pumping out like Crappier, really synthetic, like no heart at all. Yeah, movies, no creativity at, at all. Like paint by numbers, Marvel. That's what DC is at the moment in the movie. They're DC in, in movies. In, it, yeah, it's like that. And it's just it's really frustrating. Like for me, someone sat down and is like, "Oh, geez, it's a bit late." But Batman, like the the you know the whole Civil War thing did really well. Um. Batman vs Superman, right? Like, here's exactly what we need to do. Batman vs Superman came out before Superman. Let's lay it out. No, okay. Well, there's like the whole idea of their shared universe, right? Right. Let's let's lay that out. But there's just no spontaneity or creativity in any of it. Yeah. I'm... And this to me felt like a sort of mismatch of like trying to make, trying to capitalize on the whole Marvel thing of like the you know the quirky side, maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy type thing, the Ant Man, like the. Yeah, I feel like this was the kind of film that was meant as a quirky side movie and yeah. they, like, they twisted and disfigured into this blockbuster mess. And somewhere, oh, the, the point I did want to make is somewhere out there, Jared Leto is pissed. Yeah. Like, one of the first things you, like, when you search uh, Suicide Squad in Google, one of the first articles that comes up is Jared Leto is just as disappointed with Suicide Squad as you are. Because that guy, again, we like, there's about three and a half minutes of the Joker in this movie and you could have easily just been like, hey, Jared, just act out these scenes. Like, but that's not what he, he does. Yeah, so what he did was like, and I, I've heard there's been a lot more Joker scenes that were cut. But yeah. So you didn't know that. But I imagine there would be a cut of this film that is very, very different. Yeah. But like far better. You know, he spent, he posts himself up in like four months in his room, speaking to no one, watching videos of psychopath interviews and emailing people rat corpses. For no reason. <laughs> emailing rat corpses. For no reason. <laughs> Please, go to the 3D printer and print this out, will yeah, you? Yeah. It's just... <laughs> he must be really annoyed. <laughs> And I really hope they bring him back in one of the like the Justice League or something. Just or, or just the, so that he can somehow justify. Or all they this. they give like they're doing another Batman movie with him and yeah Batman. Just what I was saying, like you guys said, you didn't quite like him. I I didn't mind no, the Joker. I, I, I didn't say that. I I thought he was good as the Joker. I actually thought a lot of it, I, I it was just a bad movie. Like yeah, for that character, I thought almost all the actors did a good job. To be, to be honest, like... Um, yeah, it was just the plot and the writing that was terrible. Yeah. I think... Yeah, there was nothing wrong with everyone's performances. Shit, I like Captain Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> sink, he is sinking tinnies at every I opportunity. Love the, yeah, he was just taking every opportunity to sink tinnies and, again, and, that, that and be like, a coward. That felt like a whole... But yeah, and that felt like something that was from a different, better movie. Yeah. The scenes where him in the background, like... There's this bit where, like, they, they, they're like... 
we flew in all your gear so you can get geared up, right? And everybody's pulling out shit and, and, and Will Smith's like, and, and oh, I've got my eye thing that helps me even though I have a superpower that allows me to hit every shot so what I have an eye thing. <laughs> like, I've got all this... Harlequin's like, oh, my... my like, Arthur's pants finally I, arrived. I need my sexy costume. Now I can fight and my baseball bat and stuff. She does have a sick revolver. As a revolver fan, she has a Actually, that sick is, that is revolver. Actually, that is where Yeah, um... That's why I would say, like, the props are so good in this movie. Yeah. The, the prop- Joker's props look great. I love his coat. He's got this gangster coat, overcoat, but it's, like, shitty vinyl purple. Yeah. Like, all his... I like the theme that they did with Harlequin and him and and what they're like in a more sort of realistic way where, like, his, re- his taste like- is in shit rave I like, I like that Joker was more like the old school gangstery. Yeah, he was very gangster. Was like he? that kind of vibe. He's in like a club. I loved his clothes, man. Yeah, like that jacket, and then he has this like open, um, like eighties clubbing shirt, like a silk shirt. Yeah, that looks very gangster. Yeah, <laughs> he looks he looks pretty awesome. Um, yeah, they're getting all these props, and then like Captain Boomerang, I guess must have also apart from getting his boomerangs, like. You see him in the he, next he shot, turns, he just came from prison. He turns up in, like, an Australia Post sack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, like, he, he, like he, he's just come from prison, right? He gets his boomerangs out of this kit, and they're 10 minutes out from flying into this, like, combat zone. And the, I don't know if you noticed, but in the back of one of the scenes where Margot Robbie is putting on her, like, clothes sexually and everybody's looking, in the background, he is, all, he's, he is drinking a beer, like a can of Foster's, and you're like... Like, I was thinking about that for a second. Like, hold on. Does that mean, like, part of his kit involves... He also <laughs> got his, like his fluffy... Six-pack six of He has his pink fluffy unicorn, and I love the fact that that's never useful. It's not like red where... I thought it was going to be, like, red where the guy has, like, the stuffed pig, and inside it is, like, a bazooka or something. Yeah. He just has this toy pink unicorn foot. That must be something for his character. Yeah. That they just never... For ex- no reason. They, they never explain. He never uses it. They must deliver also... In that bag must have been beer. Yeah, <laughs> like just like an esky for some cut. Like what was that titties. like? Like Amanda Waller was like, "Oh, we need to send him Foster's." <laughs> like, what? I, I so I really liked that. But again, it yeah. Our final thoughts on the Suicide Squad. Um, Don't see it. There's a good movie in there somewhere. But it's not in the movie that they released to cinemas. It's not a movie we saw. Don't go see the one in cinemas because it's bad. But what I will say is, yeah, go see this animated one because it was really good. It it would have been easy to translate into the movies. Like, again, one of the problems in this movie is that there's this there's this enchantress goes crazy and is going to destroy the world, right? And the whole point of the Suicide Squad is they turn up to do little things. And the really lovely thing is usually there's stuff happening in the background. So uh, they usually are sent in while something else world ending is happening to show like I mean, how much Amanda Waller is like ruthless, right? She's just banking on the world not ending. Yeah. And the superheroes obviously go off and, and help. Yeah. Like there's a huge laser shooting up into the sky and he's going to kill everyone and no superhero shows up in Suicide Squad no. to deal with the problem. But like... Um, in the in the in the movie, uh, for instance, she orchestrates, she frees the Joker, right? Or somehow the Joker's out, uh, or something like that. And she she essentially does that so that the Batman will be distracted and no one will be looking at Arkham that night. Um, it's that kind of thing where they're doing it 
uh, like underneath like what these CTOs are doing, they go in to do something ridiculous. So they're going into, in, into Arkham to do something really small, which I really like. Um, and people totally die. You know? Yeah. And, and no, none of the team members died in this movie. Except for I'm not counting the Slipknot, who Slipknot, was in who for about this, two seconds. Yeah. Oh, oh, crazy. The only person who doesn't get a 10-minute backstory like, clip dies instantly. He dies immediately, and then no one else dies. Yeah. They couldn't yeah, even... I, they didn't even have the heart to kill Enchantress. No. It was I, it just, pretty rough. It was, a, it was a movie that's ostensibly about supervillains, but was about superheroes, and it was just bad. It was just so don't so don't see. Yeah, I'm gonna go with don't see. Um, anyway, um, what what time? We've we're running a bit on time. We're on time, on so time. I think we might end it here. Unfortunately, unless you have something really quick you want to talk about. Yeah, so I did want to really quickly. I did want to really quickly talk about um El- the Elder Scrolls Legends, which is like the right. the Elder Scrolls um Bethesda made or Bethesda published um Hearthstone ripoff. Which has gone into open beta oh, like last week, um, and I downloaded it just to just because I saw it pop up and um, it's free. Isn't and it? It's free. Yeah, and I like Hearthstone, so why not try it out? And I'm I'm really enjoying it. So what is it like? Is it like Gwent? Play something like Gwent. No, no, no. It's it's very similar to Hearthstone. It's like maybe a bit more towards Magic: The Gathering in terms of in terms of the strategy and the feel of the game. But are you still do. You, um, but it is the big still difference very... is, do you still gain mana? Yes. Like each turn, rather yes. than having land. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it is basically Hearthstone, um, but there's there's a few differentiating things. There's the main differentiating things are there's two lanes in the map, and you can place characters in either lane. So there's like range range units and non range units. No, no, no. it's two lanes side by side. So there's one lane which is the field lane, and the other one's like the stealth lane. So um, when you place a character in there, they've got stealth from um, other characters in that lane attacking them for one turn. Oh, okay. Um, but but when they're stealth, they can still be hit by spells. Okay. Um, so there's that. There's also an element from the Pokemon trading card game that once you lose oh, a certain amount of health, you get basically like a you basically get to draw a card. Yeah. Um, and there's all these interactions around those cards. There's this keyword called prophecy, which if if it's a card on your health stack that you get once you lose a certain amount of health um you can play it instantly Mm -hmm. so there's a bit more strategy around it you don't want to like sometimes you need to play around how much health someone has so you you don't want to just go face with a bunch of one mana one attack minions all the time right so they don't pop their prophecy yeah must be really powerful there there are some really powerful ones some not so powerful but some really powerful like um there's a lot which like summon minions Mm-hmm. Um, there's ones which just you can destroy minions or draw cards or like there's a bunch of different effects okay. um, I haven't gotten into it enough to really be able to tell you like much about what the really powerful ones are but um, there is one which you can summon like this legendary guy which is like a 5-4 with trample trample and defender Okay. It, it, except it's called something different in this um, yeah I got it but it's basically yeah a lot of the effects and stuff are all really similar to um, magic and Hearthstone and okay. stuff. Oh, I um, might look at it. So, and it's free, so why not? If you're yeah, in power games. Yeah. yeah. One thing I have noticed is that, um, you know how in Hearthstone you get the coin? Mm. So in this, you get a hero, you get like a hero, 
you have in, basically enchantments from Magic the Gathering, um, and you get this enchantment which has got three charges, and you spend one charge to, if you go second, you get an enchantment with three charges, you spend one charge to gain an extra mana, mana that turn. Okay. Um, so that can be destroyed, that enchantment, but it's still, you get like three extra mana. You just get it. Yeah. That's which, pretty strong. Which I think it, I think it is, it is yeah. better to go in turn two at the moment. Would it, would it be better to, would it be better, what, what do you think the best way to compensate for that is? So in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, you can't attack. You can't attack the if you go first. Um, if you, if you take, if you go first, you can't yeah. attack in Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, that first turn. If you're uh, in Magic, they compensate for this sort of uh, inequality of going first. Um, I think it's kind of. Oh, it depends on how much you value a card. It's, you don't. You don't get to draw. Yeah, you don't draw. Card, at the start card, of your card turn. advantage is very important in, in Magic, and it's very important yeah. in this as well. You don't get to draw an extra card, but you do get the extra mana. Obviously, in half so turn, you get this card the, called a coin, which is just you spend it, you get an extra mana, and you get an extra card. Yeah. For going second. So it's basically... So I suppose that's maybe a bit more balanced than I thought. It's basically... Um, I think it's probably still the most significant compensator that yeah. I've seen in a card game. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on your deck. And it's very dependent on card draw. You, you have 50 to 70 card decks rather than 30 card decks from yeah. um, Hearthstone. Um, and you don't have a class like in Hearthstone. Um, there's like five different classes basically... And you can make hybrid decks. So it's like five different colors. It's like magic. You can have five different colors and have yep. hybrid cards like that. There's a very strong single player element. So there's like a three-act story, which takes maybe five or six hours like to get that. through. That's why I've always spent that $10 to buy the shitty Magic the Gathering game each time it comes out. Yeah. So I really love the story. Yeah. And the, the thing that's missing in Hearthstone is like, in Magic the Gathering... When you do this, like, have you ever played one of those Magic the Gathering online games? Yeah. You, like, create your character and you go throughout this adventure through the world. And the most recent one they've made is a huge step up. Step up where well, That's kind of what Hearthstone like, ha- kind of has that with the adventures. Well, with this one, though, like, you... you, <laughs> It's like Pokemon Go, man. You, like, go out into the world and, like, if you go explore one region of the world, you'll start getting those kind of cards. Yeah. But it's like finishing, you know, with Carstone, you buy the adventure, you have those cards, basically, right? Yeah. You get the end of it. You only play through it once, you've got those cards. Yeah. And in this one, you might, like, you play to the end of the adventure and you might have had bad luck, you might have a good luck. It'll take you at least a few outings in this world on that plane. To get the cards. That to you get want. the cards that you want. There's some rare cards on that plane, you know, that you could get. And then you have decks to go out, like Pokemon, actually, you have decks to go out to that plane. If that plane is full of um, aggro or full of goblins, if it's like a red plane or or the blue plane's really annoying, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's so good. And um, especially if you love, you know, in Hearthstone, it's great because it's funny, but it's also kind of hindered by it because it's lighthearted. And in Magic, there's some I really cool stuff. Like in Magic, I love, um, I love the guilds. I love that that uh, that expansion. The um, um, it's not Zendikar. It was uh, no, it's it's uh, where Jace is from. Um, oh no, I've forgotten it too. That's bad. Anyway, it's, anyway, they had you know, they had these like it's the first like uh, showcase of um, tribes that are two colors. 
and there were all these guilds. And so I just, I love that so much. Mm. Um, and so you could just spend all your time there getting these guild cards, finding them, you know, and it's, it's, it's really there's, great. There's a surprising amount of lore behind Magic the Gathering. Oh, huge amounts. Yeah. And so I would, I would say that some of it's super nerdy, but yeah. I would say that the Elder Scrolls Legends is a bit more lore focused, but it's it yeah. like it, it it has this whole story campaign, which I think is a pretty it's a I think it's a pretty crap story. <laughs> I'm sure someone would probably enjoy it. He's but, pretty judgmental. But you like I would recommend that if you are gonna download this open beta and play through it, I'd recommend you play through the whole story before you start trying to build oh, the yeah. deck and play competitively because you get like all the basic cards you need yeah. um, from playing this single place. And you work out what's, um, what's good. And how you play it has, it has the, uh, it has like uh, casual play, ranked play. It also has the arena from Hearthstone, except it has two arenas this time. There's a single player and a um, competitive I arena. Really so there's a single player arena, okay. which is, um, which is really easily actually, and it's really easy. And it's a really good way to earn new cards. Um, but that is kind of fun as well. You you draft you have draft play against AI, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's kind of the benefit of having a less competitive, less popular card game is that you can just give away like you can have single player stuff that has, that can give you cards. Yeah, it still is a bit of an emphasis on getting the catch the playing people. You, so. It it has the Hearthstone thing where you have dust and oh, right. you, like dust cards, and you, it's a hundred gold to buy a pack and a hundred and fifty to join into the arena and. It, it is it is kind of a Hearthstone is very much like trying to cash in on the popularity of Hearthstone but who might do that I mean as a card I'm enjoying it I really like card games and um, as a CCG player like, it's got me enthralled for now yeah I'm finding yeah. more cards at like... least until the next Hearthstone adventure comes out which is yeah. in like two weeks oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be checking out new cards for that but we'll talk about that when it comes out yeah and I think that's pretty much it for this week yep I think so um Homework movie. So, homework movie this yeah. week is going to be and two another barrels. great English film, Lockstock oh. and Two Smoking Barrels. And it's from the director of my favourite movie, which is Snatch. Snatch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that'll it, be fun. Another, another, another crime film. Yeah, but it's just really good. Um, they're all really good. Yeah. I, I've just recently, so I, I had my birthday, and um, just as a side note, we have, uh, I've got a, you know, a, good, a good segue into this. Because I, I've got my new clock. My girlfriend is amazing for the record, and she and she uh, got me this clock that's made out of a DVD for oh, Snatch, Snatch, my favorite movie. So now I ha- I look like an absolute fanboy because I've got <laughs> I've got a movie poster that was hung at the movie, so it smells like popcorn, and I've got um I've got yeah, this yeah, like clock, clock right next right next to it. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But anyway, um, as always, like us on Facebook, rate review on on iTunes. Go nuts. Listen to all the other episodes. Yeah, we've had a fun time and we hope you have a fun time too.